Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-fiving friends. I am so excited you are here on the podcast with us today. Um, I am going to do our intro for our amazing guest a little bit different. So um, he has a pretty cool book out, and I'm going to read um, what kind of is on the back of that book because I think it really sums up why I asked him to come on. Um, and he has a pretty unique um name we'll go with. And so we'll, we'll dive more into that, but, um, it says, come and learn how to put the ancient Chinese discipline called Tao or the way to work for you by having the wisdom to know what you are about, the courage to live the life you are meant to live and the patience to do it every day. You will learn to make your time serve you instead of merely serving time while on this planet. And that sometimes our biggest obstacle looks us in the mirror every morning. Tao um, asks for nothing more than the life you are meant to live. It also demands nothing less. You don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to live down the age or live down the ages, and um, though some do, and um, you don't have to be great. You only have to be you. So let's go. Um, the life that you are meant to live awaits. G. Marks is a pen name. He's learned every lesson offered um, in this book, and he hopes to give you give yourself this, the opportunity to do the same. So welcome. Good afternoon, Caitlin. It's good to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on. So first of all, tell me a pen name. Explain this to me. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm not well known under my real name. My real name, as I like to say, is neither particularly noteworthy nor interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, so the pen name gives it a little mystery. Mm-hmm. If I just wrote a book under my real name, which I will tell you if you ask <laughs> at it, and you would say, who's this? Mm. If you read the name G. Marks, plainly it's a pen name. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that, I tell you it's a pen name. Mm-hmm. And, and wow, there's an air of mystery to that. There is. And uh, G. Marks is a name I've, G is my first initial, and my middle name is Mark. And I've had the pen name G. Marks in the back of my mind for many, many years. Hmm. And only a question of the right project to come along uh, with which to use it. And I thought this was the perfect, uh, the perfect opportunity to use G marks. It's um, I've always liked the name Mm -hmm. and I'm, Glad to see you don't seem to object to it either. <laughs> I don't. I like it. I thought, you know, you're right. The idea of a pen name, it it, it intrigued me. I was like, oh, okay, this, this guy's got a story to tell. <laughs> so um, I liked what was on the back of the book or kind of the intro for the book. Um, I want to start off kind of the conversation about, I don't think a lot of our listeners, at least I'm not 100% familiar with what Tao is. Tao originated in ancient China. Okay. Uh, it is, and there's a couple of aspects to Tao. There's the philosophical aspect, which I address, mm-hmm. which, I, which I was introduced to, in which um, I've spent my entire adult life following. Um, as a child, you have to do what your parents say. You, right. you can't branch off on your own. There's also a 
sacred text and shrines. Um, I don't address that because I know nothing about it. Uh, so I deal with the philosophical Tao, and Tao has always been, from ancient China until today, um, been all about living in concert with nature. Mm. It doesn't mean living in concert, living outside, or living in a cave, or being a hermit. Right. It means living in concert with yourself, with your inner self. Mm. It means, follow, Tao means the way. And it's also known as Tao. Um, the terms are interchangeable. Um, it talks about getting in touch with your inner self and following your path, following the way, and living the life you are meant to live. And the book, Tao Power, uh, talks about how to do that in the third decade of the 21st century. It used to be easy. Um, 500 years ago, you really didn't have a whole lot of options. Right. There there weren't a whole lot of external stimuluses out there. Mm -hmm. You hunt, you gathered, you survived, and you took care of your family. Mm -hmm. uh, now there are, as the Bible used to say or says, 70 times seven ways, which is the biblical way of saying infinity. Mm -hmm. There's seven times seven ways to distract yourself and get you off your path. And my book talks about finding your path and staying on it. I love that. I, I think that um, this is really interesting to me because I think a lot of the time we are wondering like, what is our purpose and what are we supposed to do and how are we supposed to give back? And it does, we have, you're right. We have so many things going on in our life that are really easy to stray us away from that. And I think we really lose touch of that. And then we get to this point in our life where we're like, mm, I'm not super happy with where I'm at. What's my life purpose? What am I supposed to do? So how do how do you start practicing tower? How do you even where do you begin? You begin by looking inside yourself. My book is it's divided into three chapters: wisdom, courage, and patience. Mm -hmm. Before you do anything, you must have the wisdom to know what you are about. The easiest way to do that for me, I recommend people think about what do they dream about when they go to bed at mm. night? Even as an adult, we, we want things, we dream about doing things. Mm -hmm. When I was a boy growing up in Los Angeles, I went to bed every night dreaming of being a radio announcer. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd sit and, and this was before MP3s and music on your phone. You had 45 RPM singles and you had a turntable and I, I pretend I was a disc jockey on my own radio station. Okay. When the Dodgers or angels were on, I'd get an egg whisk and use that as a microphone. <laughs> and when I got out of the Navy, cause I also wanted to be on a submarine. I pursued those dreams as a radio announcer. Mm -hmm. I got a job at a small radio station in the Imperial Valley of California, which is, El Centro, California, KXO Radio. It's between San Diego and Yuma. Hmm. Very hot there. One of the hottest places on earth. <laughs> Chased those dreams for a few years. I wasn't particularly good at it, but I gave it a shot. I'm not looking back. I'm 56 now. I'm not looking back and saying, wow, what if I had tried to be a radio announcer? Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't catch all the dreams I had, but... 
you know, as I like to say, there's 7 billion people on this planet, all of whom are leading random lives. And perhaps those random lives affect you. And perhaps I wasn't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> so that's, that, that's the first part of finding the life you are meant to live, looking inside yourself. Now, as an adult, uh, it may not be practical to, um, to chase the dreams you've had as a kid. In fact, you may not even have those anymore. Mm -hmm. Your may have completely changed, but you do have them regardless of your age. And the first step in having the wisdom to know what you're about is looking inside yourself. What should I be doing today? Because your heart is telling you what to do. Mm. You lost in the cacophony of um, work, of the car needing fix of the kids need this or someone needs that from me. Mm -hmm. uh, Tao teaches that you, you do not produce knee-jerk reaction to outside influences. Tao teaches that you, you listen to your heart because your heart is telling you what to do, regardless of the age. Those that get on in this life, uh, regardless of whether they're famous or not, they listen to their heart. Mm -hmm. And those that are wondering what if, they ignore their heart. Yeah. So that's having the wisdom to know what you are about. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. I think, um, like I said, we often lose touch of, you know, really even sometimes I think the ability to go within, we're so consumed by the external stimuli and all the demands and needs and all these different things. And also, you know, I think too, we, some of us get fearful of going inside um, oh. because yeah, <laughs> because of all the things that have happened, we're fearful of what we're going to find, what's going to come up, what we're going to feel. Um, so what, what would you tell somebody that says, you know, I'm, I'm scared to even go within. I would say that you are people who say that are scared of either success and or failure. Um, the fear of failure is strong in mm -hmm. some ever felt it, uh, whether it was in radio or as a high school sports official, I was never afraid to go out there and see what I had. Hmm. Uh, the fear of success is very real as well. Hmm. Um, what if I make it? What if my dream does come true? Or what if, it, what if I become the best I can be at something? And I mean, I'll make the big dream, but I have something else equally satisfying happen. That's hard too. Mm -hmm. power is based on commentary I gave to uh, some friends of mine who I introduced to the book 365 Tao by a man named Deng Ming Dao, who mm -hmm. is from Francisco. Um, he, he teaches that success and failure, as well as good and bad, exist only in relation to one another. You take one away and the other disappears too. So yeah. if, if I'm not judging myself by success or failure, all I'm left with is the effort I chose to put into something. Mm. And I've learned over the years, because um, I used to have a lot of ambition and I don't anymore because I've learned that lesson. All that really matters, success and failure are relative. They disappear without the other. I'm left with whatever effort I chose to put into something. Yeah. And um, that is what I tell people because 
I've run into this with people who have some sort of artistic ability or desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to paint. They want to build a chair. Um, and they're afraid to get started. They're afraid of what they may find out about themselves, or they may discover they weren't really good at it. Mm-hmm. And tell them to worry about it. Success and failure, they vanish without each other. Your effort is all you're left with. That's powerful to think about. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I'm just thinking about like clients I work with in my own life. Like there is that fear of failure and success, right? We're like, what if I get there? Then what? Then what happens? And we get really uncomfortable as humans in the unknown. So we're like, okay, I'm I'm comfortable, even if we're not happy with where we're at. We're comfortable in our current reality. And so then we stopped really chasing those dreams that we had as kids, or we stopped chasing any dreams and we stopped putting in the effort into life. I mean, I, I like to think of kind of the idea of like, you're not living life if you're not doing something that you love. You're not, if you're just marking, going through the day and, you know, checking off tasks and making sure the kids are you know, have their lunches packed and whatever it is, you're not really living that life. So you're putting in effort there, but it's a very different effort than actually putting in effort to something that you want, which is kind of what you're talking about. You you hit it right on the head. You almost said marking time. Yep. You said marking, and I was going to say marking time because that is a phrase that I use uh, in Tau Power and the Tau Power podcast. Um, we can either make our time serve us Mm-hmm. Or we can mark time while we're on this planet. And uh, an awful lot of people out there choose to mark time yeah. because, as you noted, uh, it's the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the herd, we're safe. We're taken care of. Right. Uh, we're not out there on the wire. We're off the wire. We'll let, we'll let, we'll let other people walk on the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, know, you, you walk out toward to the end of the branch. That's where the fruit is. That's where the finer fruit is. Right. And you, you have to reach for it. Um, I have failed in an awful lot of things I've attempted. Mm-hmm. I've succeeded in some things, some goals I've achieved, which is life's great prize. Uh, most have eluded me, which is life's great lesson. And some dreams I'll be chasing until the day I die, which is life's great challenge. Um, And that scares some people. And the purpose of Tau Power is to get you over that fear, to Mm -hmm. get you inside yourself, to get you responding to your influences and not outside influences. Can you, can you repeat that part about the, like you said, I think that was just so important. The part about, you know, what, what life is really. Life is life is meant to be lived and not watched. In my personal quote book, I, I forget who it's from, but he talks about life not being a spectator sport. Mm-hmm. Life is meant to be, you're meant to be out there in the game. Mm-hmm. Life is like a basketball game. You can either be a substitute waiting on the sideline, waiting to go into the game, or you can be in the game. Right. And the best lives... And by the best lives, I mean lives that are lived where people look back and they're happy. Mm-hmm. Looking back and they're saying, I spent my time well. 
who did not squander my time or my talents. Mm -hmm. And the best lives are lived by people who maximize their time and their talents. Mm -hmm. We all have four hours every day. You have it. I have it. Every one of your podcast fans has it. Mm -hmm. The only commodity we are issued in equal measure. We all have different talents. We all have different skills. We all have different um, financial lives. Mm -hmm. And what we get out of this life is dependent on what we do with the 24 hours we have. Um, The best lives are lived by those who maximize their time, who know the talents they were born with, regardless of what they are, and who maximize their talents. Mm Yeah, I like that. And I, you know, you you mentioned the idea of like that people are just marking off the time and going through the day. And I'm curious if you think that that is a conscious decision that a lot of people make or subconscious, because 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. So do you think we're making that decision to just mark off our life? Or how do we get in that kind of rut of where we are just marking off time? I think it's both. I think um, 95%, as you noted, and I didn't know that. You taught me that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Our subconscious and subconsciously part of us says, it's Jekyll and I, part of us says, go chase that dream, go maximize your talent, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And part of you says, no, don't do it. It's too hard. Mm -hmm. We'll do it tomorrow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. i fought the weight battle most of my adult most of my life yeah their diet was always going to start tomorrow until Mm -hmm. one day um and then that subconscious builds the block pyramid until finally the 95 percent punctures your five percent and and your mind consciously says and this is one of the hardest decisions to make i'm not going to follow my path I'm not going to chase that dream. I'm going to settle for less than what I am capable of. Your subconscious, mm-hmm. I think, suggests it. And then your conscience says, all right, why fight it? Oof. I'm not going to try. Yeah. And I, I don't think sadder words are ever spoken. Yeah. Those are, yeah, those are really those are words that are really carrying a lot of weight. And I think, you know, we can sit here and we're like, oh, I'll never say that to to myself. But a lot of the words we do say to ourselves carry a lot of weight. We're really good at being our own worst critic. We're really good at telling ourselves we're not worthy of our dream or all these things. So, you know, like you said, if we go into that place where you're really being honest with yourself and you're not chasing those dreams, you are saying, I'm not going to follow that dream. I'm going to settle. I'm not going to put in that effort which is a tough pill to swallow when we're talking about consciously making those decisions. And you, you, you just mentioned people thinking they're not worthy of their dream. Mm -hmm. That is a wonderful insight, Caitlin. And I've seen it in people. I'm sure you've seen it in people. Um, They, they decide that for whatever reason, success is for other people. Yeah. Very, it's a very easy conclusion to come to nowadays um, when people watch five hours of television. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I'll be honest. I've been TV free since 1998. Wow. Uh, 
first two weeks were supremely difficult. Mm -hmm. That literally was easy. On day 15, it was easy. And it, uh, when you're watching television, you're seeing all these people who are thin and wealthy and famous. And you get the idea, and I had that idea and for a while, that that is the only measure of success, yep. being, being someone. And nothing is further from the truth. Mm-hmm. Anybody who is out there trying to make something of themselves, trying to advance a skill they have or maximize a talent, um, those are the people that are successes in life. Mm-hmm. It's really sad when only view of life comes from watching other people succeed when really the people we see on television they have the same problems we they yeah. can just better lawyers to get themselves out of trouble mm-hmm. and um that was a very good point you made caitlin about people thinking they're not worthy of their dreams mm-hmm. and really what they're saying is i'm not worthy of myself i'm not worthy as a human being i'm just here to make money for other people i'm just here to eat three meals a day and reproduce. And people who say that um, are missing out, I think, on, uh, they're missing out on what their heart's telling them to do. They're missing out on the life they were meant to live. Yeah. And I think this kind of talks about, or goes into a topic that your book talks about of, you know, not fitting into or trying to fit into other slots that people have assigned to you rather than figuring out what you want to be. So tell me a little bit more about that. The, uh, I use the slots, uh, fitting into other people's slots metaphor a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I remember as a kid trying to play that game, mm-hmm. you have the ra- the pegs and you have the slots yep. and it always struck me as an apt metaphor for us humans mm-hmm. because children, you know, our parents want us to do things. We have to do, we're kids. We do what we're told. Right. Like, I had 13 years of Lutheran schooling. You did what your parents told you. Right. <laughs> and I had to fit into their slot. But as an adult, I found that innately and inherently, I resented when people tried to get me to fit into their slots. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to fit into my own slot. I've assigned myself certain things to do, certain slots to fit into, and I fit into them. And if I don't fit into your slot, that's okay. You probably weren't meant to have a constructive relationship anyway. Right. So it's it's an apt metaphor, and so many people really want to fit into other people's slots because Mm -hmm. it's safe. Yep. It's, it's, it's familiar. Mm -hmm. It requires little effort except compliance. When really, if they say no to that, they comply with the dictates of the art. The life they want is literally there for the taking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, crazy to see how often we do try to fit into other slots because 
you know, it is a basic human need. We, the need to feel accepted and to feel like you belong, those are basic human needs. But what we miss out on is that idea of we can belong to the right people or to the right groups that are supportive of where our heart is guiding us rather than, you know, just trying to figure out every person that we meet, how we can be accepted and belong to them. You're right. And it's a, it's tough to overcome because even as adults, uh, we have to earn a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us work for other people. Yeah. And those are slots that you kind of have to fit into. Right. They need to earn a living. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that merely reinforces it and it makes it more difficult. But um, as I say on the front cover of the book, Sometimes the biggest obstacle we face every day looks us in the mirror every morning. Yeah. And we have to say no to the easy way. We have to say no to, well, I'll be honest. I fight laziness and procrastination every day. Same. <laughs> yep. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, now it's easy because I've been saying no to those right. imposters for years. Mm-hmm. But still times when you have to fight it. Mm-hmm. And you have to say no. You have to say no to the external and say yes to the internal. And that's very difficult at times. It is. Yeah. It's hard to sometimes switch ourselves back to that because we can get so far away to listening to the external rather than even knowing when we're getting those internal nudges, what our intuition is saying, what our heart is telling us to do. Um, But I think this kind of goes back to what you were saying. You were saying, in your book, there's the three steps of wisdom, courage, and patience. So we t- touched on wisdom. How how are how are wisdom, courage, and patience really kind of the building blocks of having a good life? They build on top of each other. Okay. All the patience in the world won't do you any good if you don't know what you're about. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the life you are meant to live. Mm-hmm. So once you have the wisdom, you need the courage. You need to be able to say, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I remember in 1997, I was a newspaper reporter at the Imperial Valley Press in El Centro, California. I was 32 or so. And every year was starting to look like the year before. Mm-hmm. And I began to think, you know, I'm too young for this to happen. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision to go to, the, to, go to umpire school the Harry Wendell Stett School for Umpires. It's where you go when you want to be a minor league umpire. Mm-hmm. You hire a professional and eventually work your way up to the major leagues. I wasn't chosen for that, but I did receive five weeks of the best umpire training on the planet. And I put that to work for me. I used it as an excuse to move to Las Vegas mm. and put the lessons to work. And I had a very satisfying career as a high school sports official. It took courage to... It takes courage to sell everything you own and put everything you own in the back of your small car Mm -hmm. and cross country to Daytona Beach for umpire school. But um, there comes a time when you have to say, it's time for me to do this. Mm -hmm. And your conscious and your subconscious has been telling you this. Right. it's time for your conscience to acknowledge it and then take action. And it could be anything. I mean, umpire school isn't for everybody. It could be um, 
leaving a high paying job or a lower paying job in a field that interests you, that you have excitement and passion for, rather than just making six figures. Maybe you make half that, but you're happy. Mm -hmm. You're sleeping well at night. Yeah. So courage is probably the most difficult aspect of the three to muster. Mm -hmm. But um, if you've gone through the work of obtaining the wisdom of knowing what you're about, you've done the work of looking inside your heart, why put that to waste and merely settle for what what you've always been doing? Once you have the wisdom to know what you're about, you will know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You will know. Taoists sometimes refer to the stone steps leading up to the temple. You'll know the stone steps you need to take. Mm-hmm. So that's not a problem. The problem is mustering the courage to go and do that. Right. Talk about that in the courage chapter. Assorted elements that You build upon those, and then boom, next thing you know, you've made the move that you've long known you were supposed to make. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, everything we've talked about up to this point is all about that piece of having to muster the courage to actually do it. You know, we've talked about the the words that are hard for us to hear, to accept those words, but then to decide to change those words and to move towards those goals. And like you said, the wisdom is easy. We can figure out, you know, we all know what our dreams are. We, we know that we've had dreams as a child. Like you mentioned, we know we have goals. We know we, we know what to do to get there. It's like, you know, I always think of, like you said, the weight loss goal. Um, so many of us, right. Have struggled with, Oh, I'd like to lose some weight. We know what we're supposed to do. It's just, it's the effort that we put into it. And it's the courage to actually do that, to be in the discomfort of putting in the effort. And I think one of my favorite, um, and I always butcher the quote, but it's one of my favorites. Um, and it talks about the idea that people will not change until the discomfort of staying the same is more than the discomfort of actually changing. And it's so true um, when we're looking at this idea and, and Tao is very much representing that as you're talking about the courage to do that. So what, how does patience then come into this? Patience is, um, patience is important because a lot of adherence to any new spiritual discipline, be it Tao, be it Buddhism, be it an organized religion, um, they're expecting instantaneous results. Mm. They're thinking, well, I'm on this course. Let's see a big change before the week is out. That's probably not going to happen. Right. Taking, you make the commitment to tell. You make the commitment to spiritual self-cultivation. You've taken one step on your path. Um, the first of many and. Patience means you have to you have to wait. The changes are incremental. You can be on your path a week and notice that inner peace is a term you used. It, 
just a couple of minutes ago, Pete, you're at peace because you're on your path. And even after a week, you may notice you're handling situations differently. Situations that used to annoy you no longer do. Um, and you build on that each day, each week on your path. You need patience because it's a long life. Um, you are not going to be the same person in 20 years that you are today. Lord knows I'm not the same person. Right. <laughs> 30 years that I am at 56. And if I'm still the same person at 76 that I am today, um, I've wasted the next 20 years. Yeah. So uh, patience, a good description is a pyramid. Each day is a block on the foundation. And the next thing you know, you're on the second level of the foundation. Mm-hmm. And you're working your way up the pyramid. But pyramids aren't built today. And you're, the life on your path is not built on it in the day. So mm-hmm. you need patience to do it. And not only do it, but do it every single day. Right. It's not going to do you any good if you're on your path today and not tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Month and not next month. If you're going to have a good life, series of good years. If you're going to have good years, you need a series of good days without interruption. So patience means you're in the long haul and you're in it every day from the time you make the commitment to self-cultivation until literally the day you die. Because you can't do it some days and not the others. Right. And I think to what, you know, really helped me on my, I haven't practiced towel, but I definitely made a commitment to myself to do some healing and to work on myself and, you know, do some spiritual learning and all these different things. The biggest thing that helped me is to take that step and know that you are worthy of having what you want. You are a valued human. Every single human on this earth has something unique to share and give back to you know the world and we like you kind of mentioned even if we're living these seven billion random lives we're still feeling that energetically together we're still affecting each other so when one of us makes that commitment to really step forward and embrace our lives instead of just marking the boxes we are really making a difference in masses yes we are if 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 collectively seven billion humans were on their path Mm-hmm. world would be darn near perfect. Yeah. But some roots, but not all of us are. Right. Some of us are in a position to do it and choose not to. And honestly, Caitlin, we all know there are people who are simply born into circumstances yeah. where they don't have that option. Mm-hmm. They're born into extreme poverty. They're born into a war-torn country. Mm-hmm. They have legitimate pressing external issues mm-hmm. that that prohibit them right now but for most of us the life we want is there for the taking i like the way you put it we have to decide we're worthy of mm-hmm. it and we discussed earlier the fears of success and failure they're very real and it's an example of us being the biggest obstacle that we have to overcome 
I think that might've just became one of my favorite quotes. I wrote it down. I wrote that on my, on my notes, the, your quote on the front of your book, we must, or it's on your website too. We must overcome our biggest obstacle ourselves for the lives we are meant to live. Indeed. Amazing. Well, I know we're running close on time here. So um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such a beautiful conversation. And I think our listeners are going to learn so much from it. Um, so I will put um, G Marks's information for his website and also his book in our episode notes for our guests. And again, thank you so much for coming on. You're entirely welcome, Caitlin. Anytime. It was my pleasure. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.